Welcome into the Harvest Friends. I am Abigail and I am here with Andrew and Lakeith. Hey guys, we've got a really awesome show for you today. But first, if you are new to this station, just know that we are here to bring you the tools and tricks that you need to be a disciple in the modern day. So we hope that you will click on the subscribe button. Um, there's a little bell on YouTube all those things so that you don't miss anything. Today's show is going to be awesome. We're talking about, ironically, the digital age and how maybe not to get taken away uh, by all the trappings of said digital age. Um, mostly our phones, right? That's what we're thinking. That's, a big one. <laughs> That's right. really what we're talking about. So we're going to get into that today. Things that have helped us, um, that have maybe convicted us, and we're going to get into all those goods. I may have had to say some prayers this morning because I felt like if there was ever going to be an episode where I was in danger of being hypocritical, <laughs> this was the one. So I just want to mm -hmm. upfront tell everyone this is probably my biggest struggle is digital stuff. <laughs> I'm just the, the time aspect of it, I think. Right. Yeah. Like that's really what we're getting into. Yeah. That's is definitely, the time issue. That's going to be a part of it. That's in fact, we're going to talk about three dangers of the, di the digital age. And one of them for sure is, is the time suck <laughs> that uh, the digital age has kind of put on us. Oh, as modern day people and okay. so yeah that's that's absolutely true and I, i'll just also just say we, we talked about last week i think it was last week's show where we talked about that these you know we aren't experts in the sense that we're doing it all perfectly uh, we want to do shows where we talk about real issues that we ourselves are facing as we try to be disciples and make disciples in the 21st century and you know these dangers with the digital age are things that we see and struggle with in our own life that we see in those that we're discipling. So yeah, we'll be preaching to the choir today. Yeah, it doesn't help, Abby, like you said, that my phone alerted me this past week about my screen time and gave me some hard numbers that I won't disclose <laughs> on air. But man, I'm like, come on, I was already getting convicted, but now you want to show me how long I've been on my phone daily. So yes, come so, on. so maybe this is just mainly for the three of us, guys. Anyone listening, whatever you get is just going to be All a right. bonus. Professional episode for us, for sure. But I do want to kind of talk about before we really get into the nitty gritty. Um, I know that a lot of people talk about, you know, being addicted to our phones. And this is just a general all human beings. But we as believers, this is something that is important to us as disciples of Jesus. So let's just get into maybe why that is. Why is this something that we as Christians should be extra concerned about? So let's maybe talk about that for a minute. Yeah, one way to think about worship and devotion is what we give our affections and our attention to. It's one way to understand what it means to worship something or in the most practical sense. It's it's something that you are dedicating time and uh, you're dedicating affection towards, whether that's an actual emotion. And really, um, the digital age is is calling for us to do both of those, to, to spend a lot of time um, I've got a, a, a book recommendation that I'll share later. Um, but, um, but it, it talks about how these modern day tech companies, they, they are not accidental 
in the way they go about trying to to pull your attention and to keep it. And so, you know, just as the Lord wants us to make make a conscious choice to pay attention to him and to reserve our our top devotion to him, um, companies like Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and I mean, that's what they want. They they want you to give your full attention. If you if you'll give as much as you'll give, that's that's what they want. And so um, I do think you, you mentioned the word addiction and, you know, that that's a real issue. That's that's not hyperbole. That's that's something that all of us can struggle with in in the modern age. And Keith and I were talking just before we started recording. And there's a passage at the end of Luke 12 where Jesus is talking about the weather. But but really, he's talking about the expectation that that we as people should be able to to analyze the present time. You know, that's what. That's the way he said it at the end is, you know, why is it that you don't know how to analyze the present time? And so the present time for us in 2020 is that we now live in a digital age and it's a real challenge for us in terms of our personal life of devotion. It's also a big challenge when it comes to making disciples, the people that we're trying to reach. These are real issues that they're grappling with. And there's there's opportunities in there, too. So we're getting to do this podcast mm-hmm. in San Antonio and San, Di- and San Diego. But there are challenges that we need to be aware of. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Andrew. I think um, it's almost becoming all things to all people. Like we're going to use social media. We're going to use technology to interact with folks around us and around the world. So um, I think discerning how to use that and when to use it and... Uh, how intentional we should be with that. It's going to be a challenge. So I think that makes it important for believers to talk about because we have to exist in this world where this is, uh, you know, probably the, the biggest challenge for all people. It's the one thing we have in common is the use of our devices or platforms that we like to use to occupy our time. And we're com- it's competing for our attention. So we have to be really uh, tactical uh, and using it, but we don't want to sound like we're we're taking our hammer and we're destroying all digital. Like, let's go back to, you know, the Stone Age and like not use our phones, get a flip phone, like destroy our social media. It's more so like, how can we be wise about the ter- the, the current times and how do we uh, maneuver strategically to, uh, to keep God first uh, while being present on these various uh, platforms? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I agree with what you're both saying. And maybe just to like do a little spin on the whole idea of an idol, just this year during 2020 and all the fiasco that that has brought our lives, I was really convicted about the aspect of idol worship. Um, I think I've always seen it kind of what you said, Andrew, where it's something that, you know, you love and you kind of delight in. But I was really convicted by the worship aspect of idols, of it taking the place of comfort. So um, the things that comfort me when I'm in great need or I'm really stressed or anxious or, you know, we don't know what we're supposed to do about such and such. And so I started to see a real problem in my own life of when I was feeling that anxiousness and all the things that 2020 was bringing on in my personal life where that was when I was picking up my phone. And it was a a huge conviction as far as I had not thought of idol worship in that way of it is something that's replacing God in our lives. And I did not think that my phone was replacing God. But when I saw that instead of spending my time praying and really seeking the Lord and was instead kind of finding an escapism, 
right. ooh, that was a problem. <laughs> so I think this is this is why this is important. So we want to get into it today. We're going to probably cover very obvious obvious reasons why we should not be sucked into this digital age. But we hope that we can give you maybe some good good solutions. Um, that's that's our hope. That's the aim. So I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. I'm really excited to learn from you guys. Let's get into the biggest one, which Keith, you just mentioned, and that's the time waster. And usually that's our phones. So let's get into what an issue this is. I also get the alerts, Keith. I think it's an iPhone thing. I don't know if Androids do that. Oh man! Does your phone do that, Andrew? Does it tell you what's up about your week? There's no, there's probably a way that you can set it, but, uh, but it isn't there by default. iPhones like they, they defaulted to you. And I think it's on Sunday afternoons or something. Mm-hmm. I just get this little notification and it's like, congratulations, you went down 10%. And I'm like, <laughs> and then I see like actually how much that is. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's uh. been one of the worst <laughs> things about the switch from uh, Android to Apple because it's like, Hey, we want you to be addicted, but at the same time, we're going to rub it in a little bit. So here's your numbers. <laughs> you spent six hours a day on your phone last week. It's like, Oh my goodness. So I just said, I wasn't going to disclose the numbers, but there they are guys. There they are. There they are. <laughs> but yeah, the, the time waster, I, I think I thought for a long time that it was something that the younger generation struggled with as far mm. as YouTube and, um games and stuff like that and um but i noticed that it was also the adults you know like there is a lot of adult youtubers and adult people who are uh just as consumed as everybody else so uh, i don't think it's one of those things where it's like oh it's this younger generation they're really always it's all of us like all of us are infected um so yeah we do have to you know lean on god to get convicted about how this works so i think uh Probably the number one thing that I get rebuked about in my marriage is Mm. phones, like when to use it and when not to use it and how much I'm using it. So, but I think that's a good thing. You need people to hold you accountable. And uh, so it's helpful to have my wife, you know, and have our little rules set up to where, all right, the phone is gone. So, um, yeah, I think uh, you almost have to lean on God to draw convictions about you know, not having these idols uh, went out in our lives. Like Abby was saying, like one of the simple things I do I'm not on Andrew's level yet with my phone, but uh, before I wake up and touch my phone or go near it, I make sure I spend some time praying to God just to acknowledge him first before I see anything else and to connect with him first. Um, but yeah, when it comes to, to wasting time, yeah, you you almost have to really evaluate yourself and decide like, man, like, am I going to give more of my devotion towards, uh, you know, devices and technology or am I going to balance that out with my time with God. Cause right now in my life, it's not equal right now. Like I'm definitely doing more screen time per se than I am time in the word, studying, praying, reaching out to folks. So, uh, like you guys said, I'm still learning in this area. Yeah. The, um, <clears throat> one of the things that I, I do is I turn the, um, the notifications off actually. So like my phone, um, there's no flashing light, if something comes through, um, it doesn't flash and it also doesn't make a noise. My phone is almost always on silent and not, not even like the vibrate <clears throat> mode. Uh, cause then it's, it's the same, it's the same, um, effect on you is that, you know, as soon as you know that something has come through, like you just want to know what is it that, what is, is it? And is it important? Is it something that needs attention right away? <laughs> and so even if you try to ignore it, like once you know, it's there, it's really hard to, to mentally focus on whatever else it is that you were, you were 
concentrating on at the time. So, yeah, I think this is a big one. The, the idea of time wasting and, and one of the, um, one of the biggest dangers I think is just the notifications, the way phones are designed, um, to, um, to interrupt. They're actually designed to interrupt your life. Uh, and that can be a good thing. If you're expecting an important phone call, then, then I'll turn my ringer on. Um, but most of the time, the things that are being interrupted, I would say, you know, nine times out of 10, what's the interruption is not critical. It's not time sensitive. Um, but once you look at it, then you go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing before you know it, uh, way more time has passed than you expect. It's the same thing for uh, apps like YouTube, which is probably one of my biggest struggles is, is uh, YouTube because um, you'll watch a video and then there's like a recommended video and you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, that looks interesting too. <clears throat> So you can really go down this this rabbit hole. Streaming services, same thing. Netflix, um, th these these companies are they're doing what they do, which is trying to keep your attention on them. And so, um, if you don't realize that, then you've pretty much already lost the battle. And that's that's I guess one thing I would say about time wasting is just realize that this isn't a neutral issue. Um, technology is wanting you to spend more and more time, you know, wasting your time uh, by spending it on their platforms. And so you have to be aware of that and purposeful about deciding like how much time do I want to spend on social media? How much time do I want to spend using streaming services like Netflix or Amazon Prime? Um, are there certain times when I'm working that I don't want to be interrupted? Um, yeah, so I think that's just, um, being alert and being, um, yeah, being alert <laughs> is, is a key for time wasting. And just intentional, right? I think yeah. we're saying we know that there's an active force that is going at us. The, these services are all, they have people working for them who is their job to know how to keep people engaged. And so right. if we know that, we know there's an active force working to get us to do one thing, then we have to be active about it in response. Otherwise, we're just a passive member of this digital age and it will be rough. So I think just having this active, I will be in control of my my life on these devices and on these services. Um, for me, it's probably Instagram um, because it's just the scroll, man. It is, <laughs> you can just scroll and then you look up and you're like, what happened? So I really have to be very intentional about when I get on Instagram, like certain times of the day or like my check-in to like see what's, what, you know, responses I've gotten or, you know, it usually it's conversations with friends and DMs and stuff. Um, I'm not really like a just browsing person, but I am a very social person. So I have to then say, okay, this is the amount of time I'm going to go in and check all my messages. And then I set timers, like legit timers on my phone. Um, for all of you listening, just know that I tried once to do, there are apps that you can download that will then monitor your amount of time on different services. But I'm kind of a rebel and I just hated those apps having control. And so I would constantly turn them off. <laughs> so it didn't work, but timers works for me. So do whatever works for you to help you be in control um, and not just say to yourself, I'm going to only give such and such amount of time to this, but actually then find some way to keep that. Because I think very easily we can get sucked into 
kind of going back on our word on that. And then Keith, you said a really great thing about your wife and that is accountability. Like this is an issue where we probably all need some accountability in our life. So we've talked about accountability a lot on the show. This is one of the things that probably needs to be added to basically all of our accountability question lists. And we, I don't think we have it on ours, but I think I'm going to add it because I don't think people directly are asking me like, Abigail, how's your phone usage? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and that would probably be really yeah. helpful. So. Hey friends, thanks for watching the show. I wanted to take a quick moment to say, if you're someone who's looking for insights, ideas, and inspiration that will fuel your faith for the 21st century, then make sure you sign up for our weekly newsletter, Harvest Highlights. It's free and it's loaded with resources that will help you be a disciple and make disciples in the everyday places. So make sure you check it out. There's a link in the description of this video. Back to the show. Yeah. Okay. So let's, we're kind of, you know, we go a long time on each one. So let's go on. Good stuff though. Uh, let's get into um, perspective. So for sure, this is probably more a social media problem um, on our digital uh, devices, but there can be a real shift in how we even see the world when we spend a lot of time on our digital devices. So how can we combat that? How should we view this? What shall we do? <laughs> Other than just like ban everything. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is another one where you just have to realize that everything that's coming at you, for instance, on social media, but also through traditional media, it's not neutral. In fact, um, mm -hmm. it's it, by design, you're being exposed to content that's designed to agitate you because if you agitate you you stay on the platform uh, or you engage you you go into the comment section so um by design what's what's being sent your way whether it's it's on facebook or whether it's on uh the the cable news channel it's it's designed to give you uh, an out of balance perspective. And the way I think of it is this, you know, if you, if you only and constantly ate junk food, then you would have a negative physical consequence to that. Like you would not be healthy physically. Well, it's the same thing. Like if, if you only consume junk media or you consume too much junk media, it's actually bad for, for your mental, spiritual, and emotional health. Like you can't do it. You can't consume that and not have it influence your perspective and how you, how you view life. Um, my wife and I were talking about this recently and we thought, you know, if we could, if, if our lives right now had the same media world th that existed 30 years ago, so you didn't have any internet, social media, and you had, you know, Dan Rather and Tom Brokaw on the nightly news. Um, and you were just experiencing life. Like life is really good. It's, you know, we're healthy. We have family and friends that love us. Um, we live in a beautiful part of the, the, the world. Um, God is good. And it would just be a totally different perspective. But because we live in a time where we're just receiving all of this, like the worst news that's happening anywhere in the world is is coming at you nonstop every day it, it does it, it it affects the way you view life and and your sense of danger that the world is is uh, that the sky is falling and I, I read this quote by a guy named Naval Ravikant and he said the human brain isn't designed to process all of the world's emergencies 
in real time. And that's kind of what social media is demanding of us, that we process all the world's emergencies every day, all the time. You can't do it. And uh, so part of managing our, our digital age is you don't want to be the, the ostrich which, with its head in the sand, <laughs> but you need to regulate what you expose yourself to. And you need to be able to say, like, does this really affect me? Uh, and what's going on in my life right now. And again, nine times out of 10, the answer is gonna be no, this does not affect you personally. Yeah, yeah, Andrew, that's really good. I don't know who those nightly news guys are, but uh, I think every else, <laughs> everything else was really good. I don't know, uh, maybe I never. 30 years ago, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, about that, about, I'm at that cutoff. I don't know who those guys are, but I think perspective is huge. I think sometimes, uh, yeah, it's, one of the biggest things for me when I'm uh, feeling down on myself or I'm kind of in the woe is me uh, mood and got to remind me of somebody else or something else that's going on. And uh, it makes me realize how much I have to be thankful for, you know, and just knowing the fact that I know God and know that he's in control. Because um, one of the things that happened early on uh, in the Bible was that the enemy had called in and questioned God and did God really say, you know, so I think that question looks different for us today, but like, is God really in control? Is God really good? You know, like how can these things be going on and be so severe and you still think that God is in control? So mm. I think uh, perspective will help a lot. Like you said, Andrew, if you get sucked into it and you go in, like how deep does this rabbit go hole go? And you find out like, man, it goes really deep. Like, mm. And I'm not even there yet. It goes deeper, you know. <laughs> and I'm going deeper, and it's getting darker and darker and darker. So um, you have to keep perspective on God, and uh, I think that's an awesome time to cling to some of His promises that that God has for us. And uh, yeah, God uh, is is with us through these things. We don't have to to conjure it up on our own and try to figure out like, man, like, all right, how can I, uh, you know, tackle this situation or or be present. Uh, and I'm not saying sit back and do nothing, but at the same time, uh, it's okay to be still and trust God and to keep this perspective that he is in control and that he is good. And uh, we're talking about the numbers. Andrew's talking about uh, the numbers on his head earlier being counted. Like only God knows <laughs> the number of hairs mm -hmm. on his head. Like he's the one that's so interested in these things that big or small, you know, uh, whatever it may be, he's aware of it. And uh, ultimately, this is not our home. Like, he has a better life to come. So don't put all your eggs in a basket in this world thinking like, oh, man, it's never going to get better. Things are never going to change because God, he is in control. Yeah, I mean, our our 24-hour news service is bent upon telling all of us that the sky is falling. That's how they keep us engaged. So I think um, for me, this kind of hit a few weeks ago uh, here in Texas, the uh, school situation is really out of control. And I had completely blocked everything in regards to news articles and such. Um, but I had this friend, a very well-meaning friend. She was as much into it. And so she would send me articles like, and I just, she kept sending them. And I have to tell her, like, I've actually um, stopped reading the news <laughs> on that particular topic. Otherwise, I don't sleep at night. So, um, but it just reminds me of the verse that says, you know, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will take care of itself. Like today, right. you know, the Lord has been so kind to us and he continues to be kind to us. And 
we have all these outside sources telling us, ooh, but what about tomorrow? And then our little inside voice is like, oh, you're right. (laughs) What about tomorrow? Um, So it's just good to be careful as we consume. We, of course, need to be informed human beings, but there is you can do that without having continual updates of, you know, news and whatever. So I think that that is a big aspect here, but also it's for me as a, as a solid Instagram consumer, I have to be careful even with the people that I follow on Instagram, my dear friends to not use their lives as a comparison of mine. If my kids are having a horrible bad day and my friend's kids are having one of those like freakish good days where everyone's sitting at a table coloring and my kids are like, ah, then I'm like, what did I do wrong? Like, they have amazing children and my children are, you know, just, I don't know, I should turn them in. And so (laughs) I I have to also be careful of that too, (laughs) that we have to be careful of even not just like the broad sense of media, but also just our social media, what people we have to remember that people are putting out their highlight reel, like those are that's real. And we all know it. We need to remember it. And we need to think about as you said, Andrew, how we're feeling when we stop the consumption. So when we put the phone down, or we stop watching the show, do we feel uplifted? Or do we feel super? So right. Did you notice that? Ugh, that was my technical <laughs> term. <for> <laughs> That's a technical term, everybody. Okay, so the last thing is maybe more of the effect of this digital age, and that is that we do find ourselves more and more disconnected from other real-life human beings. <laughs> so let's get into that real fast. Yeah, that's a, this is a big one, and it, it's really... It, uh, it happens at the at the most basic level, like when you're in your home and you're with your family. So, like, you know, Keith, your thing with Steph, I mean, that's it's something that comes in between our relationships with uh, those that we love the dearest, uh, wives, children. Uh, it's also something that comes into play if we're out in public. I mean, we've mm-hmm. all been that person, and but we've certainly seen that person who's just completely clueless. Maybe they're going across a, a crosswalk uh, looking at their phone. And, you know, cars are having to slow down. Um, (laughs) You know, we could be totally disengaged with the real world that's around us and the real people who are around us. And it's the the thing of going into a coffee shop and looking around and and everyone is is on their phone or looking at a screen. No one's really engaging with one another. For us, we do a lot of one-to-one discipleship where we're meeting with others and studying the scriptures or just talking about life issues and encouraging one another. And that can be an issue where if the phone is out and again, if the notifications are turned on, it can just be a distraction that keeps you from engaging fully with the person in front of you. Keith and I uh, often quote Jim Downing, who was um, a modern day hero of the faith, um, lived to be over 100 years of age and was just dedicated to making disciples. And he would often say that uh, if he was not able to give his full attention to someone, uh, that was his signal that he needed to take a step back and rest or or uh, or renew his own life so that he could when he was meeting with someone, he wanted to give them his his full attention. And uh, for us, I think, you know, phones can can now be something that keeps us from giving people our full attention. So whether that's actually having the the phone off the table and out of sight, having it face down so that you're not seeing the notifications come through, but whatever it 
needs to happen so that you can you can give the other person your full attention um meal times just having a no smartphone at the table policy <laughs> uh there's ways to do it but like everything else that we've talked about today it's going to take uh being intentional yeah i like that a lot and um this actually happened this week uh, a good friend of mine from the navy uh me and zach ran the navy with him his name is uh, david and um yeah he was telling us like hey i've been following your stuff i believe that you guys are believers um etc and he had a really good question so he he sent me a private message and we started talking about it but then at some point i realized like this is not going to be fruitful i'm like uh mm. this is going to be really hard to engage in serious conversation through right. uh social media so mm. i called him i was like hey i'm <laughs> right. just gonna call you know and uh he didn't answer the first time but you know, shout out to David. Like I said, he, he called right back and uh, we spent the next 25 minutes engaging in conversation, right. but it was so much more uh, fruitful than if we had kept going, you know, at, yeah, you know, messaging and messaging back and forth, you know, and I, I think we both were grateful. Like, Hey man, it's, it's great to hear your voice, you know, and I know we're not face to face, but this is still way more personal than it would have been if we were just, uh, you know, commenting, commenting or messaging each other. So uh, I think remembering that we are ambassadors for Christ, you know, and that uh, God is reconciling the world like through people, you know, his people. So uh, I, that personal connection is, is so important. So even if it starts on social media, like you can take it away. Like you don't have to have your uh, your conversation there. You don't have to have it publicly in front of body. And if you get face to face time, you know, with everything going on, like obviously be safe. But man, you can't you can't replace that face to face time. So we we have to keep our uh, our people skills sharp, you know, in this age for sure. Yeah, I agree, Keith. And that's such a great example. Um, I think all of us have found us in those like back and forth, long, long monologue type DMs. And that's a great sign that if there's some way that we can connect with that person in a much more personal way, then that's going to benefit all of us. I think um, this whole quarantine business that happened earlier in the year was actually a really great thing in teaching me this importance of this particular thing, because I know everyone was like, oh, Zoom, it's the best, you know, and like people are from high school are like, let's get together. And you're like, okay. So <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I, I learned from that, like being a social person, I can do Zoom. I I can feel like we've connected, you know, just by seeing each other on a screen, but a lot of people don't. And I had to really become aware of that and like see the needs when they started, things started to deteriorate with, with friends and, and family that I knew that we needed to like, I don't know, meet at a park and be six feet apart. Like I started having to implement those things almost in an emergency kind of way. I mean, it wasn't, but you're like, we need to see each other. We need to be physically in the same room. And so there's just importance to that. I don't know what it is. It's there's science involved. And you guys know, I don't do science, but it's, it's real. I know the results. I know the fruit of it. And the fruit is, is that there's really nothing that can replace, you know, face-to-face interaction. And also in discipleship, that's where we also can start to see the people that are really committed. If people are willing to take the time to meet with you or to talk to you in a real setting and not just be like, hey, we'll just text or like, mm-hmm. hey, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll be in touch. Like that's a clear sign that there's not full like relationship there. Like you think it's almost false relationship, right? Like you can keep your, your friends 
kind of just apprised using it, but you know, there's a deep relationship already there, but it cannot be what we base our relationships on. So, um, yeah, get in person people, (laughs) look people in the eye and not just via a zoom camera. (laughs) Okay. So, um, any last tips we want to give before we go? Yeah, I think that might be a good way to end the show, Abigail, because we want to talk about three dangers of digital age, but also how to overcome them. We've shared a few of those. Um, but, um, if you guys have, you know, you, Keith and, and Abigail, if you've got maybe your top recommendation or maybe a top, a top resource, and I'll mention um, two books that I would encourage people to check out if they have not already. The first is called Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. We'll put a link to it in the um, show notes and the video description, but Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. I read that um, late last year, early this year, and I'm really grateful because, you know, with 2020 going the way it has, um, I've learned so much very practical on a very practical level about how to to navigate the digital age. Um, so that's one. And another that I'm reading right now that I think is pretty amazing. It's called uh, Amusing Ourselves to Death. And uh, what's amazing about this book was that it was written in the 80s. Oh, wow. And he was really talking about the effect that television was having on people and then you read it with a, a 2020 filter and you're like, holy smokes, it has only gone on steroids, what this guy was talking about. <laughs> so um, that's another one that we'll link, Amusing Ourselves to Death. It's been really good. So I would recommend that as well. How about you, Keith? Yeah, I just love the people around you. I think sometimes when I have a, a free moment, it's a nice moment to veg out and catch up on mm-hmm. social media, and et cetera. And I look around and the kids are like screaming for attention. So it's like, all right. Let's go outside or, you know, same thing. Yeah, just love the people around you. Like, um, you know, be present where you are. Like, take advantage of the opportunities you have. And it's okay. Like, if you have a moment to relax and get your, you know, phone time in, like, okay. But we know we're not struggling for that time. So, like, we're actually struggling to love people. So, yeah, love the people around you. You know, call the person you haven't talked to in a long time. Like, check in on family. And, uh, yeah, do what God wants us to do. Mm. Yeah. And I think just be intentional. So be intentional with your time. And that includes the time that we spend with digital content. So if you know, if that's your Netflix time or your social media time, just know ahead of time what you want to give to that and really be intentional to stick with it. And I think just from this conversation today, I'm going to implement myself having someone ask me the question, are you following through with that? Because I don't have somebody like that in my life at this point. And I know that there's awesome people in my life who would be happy to ask Mm -hmm. me. And it will definitely help me as an Enneagram three to have to respond with the real number. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I did not share my, um, my time on my phone, Keith. So thanks for sharing yours. Um, you guys will just have to guess what mine was, but it went down 10% last week. So nice. yay for me. Nice. But thank you guys for watching slash listening. If you have a ways that you are helping keep your own digital content in line and we didn't talk about it, we would love to hear it. I for sure would. So please send us a comment or an email at info at intotheharvest.org. We're all about your emails and we love hearing from you. We love the conversations we have with you guys. So we'll see you again next week. Bye guys. Thank you. Thanks for being part of our community. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. 
You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can share it on social media with your friends. Or you can support it directly by visiting our website, intotheharvest.org, clicking on the donate link, and becoming a monthly giving partner. When you do this, you'll receive a thank you package with some great ITH gear. Thank you for supporting the show and helping our small team make a big difference for Jesus. It's listeners like you that make this ministry possible. 